Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dendi. I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer, the purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conditions conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, On the Other Side LLC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement. Hello, everyone. This is Talea Dindy from OnTheOtherSide.life, and you're listening to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Jen Franklin. Jen is a cancer recovery coach who helps women over 40 to take charge of their health after cancer and regain their confidence. After having an aggressive lymphoma, which is a blood cancer, in 2018 and noticing the gap between finishing cancer treatments and understanding how to move forward with life again, Jen set out on a mission to regain her health and thrive. Once realizing others were struggling with the same thing, Jen became a certified integrative health fundamentals and health coach so that she can help others. Jen created a 12-week program mentoring women through the first few months after cancer treatments to help them move forward and get their lives back. Very important work, Jen. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you, Talia. I'm so pleased to be here with you. My pleasure. Jen, please explain to us what Burkitt's lymphoma is and how you learned that you had it. Okay, so Burkitt's lymphoma is a type of blood cancer, like you mentioned, and it's a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma type of lymphoma. It's also fairly rare, especially in adults, and it seems to be related to possibly the Epstein-Barr virus which is something that most of us have in our systems after having, say, the chickenpox when we were younger or something related to that virus. So we can carry it in our systems. It's still in there and can get activated. So possibly that could be a connection is what I've found when doing some research on this. Jen, what were some of the symptoms that you were experiencing? 
So 2018, it was early in the year and I was actually experiencing really bad stomach pains at night for about half an hour. It was excruciating. And I went to my doctor and I said, this is what's happening. And she thought, well, maybe it's constipation or something like that with my digestive system. So use some Metamucil and off I go, get some blood work done. Everything looked fine. And then my abdomen a few weeks later started to swell up a bit with, I guess, what I found out later is fluid retention. At first, I just thought meeting too many chips and it was a strange swelling because it was more toward the top of my abdomen. And then it just grew very quickly. It almost looked like I was pregnant at the time, but of course it was happening so quickly. I knew that wasn't what it was. It became so that I was having trouble breathing. I went to the doctor, of course, as it started to get bigger and they sent me for a CT scans. That was the first thing to do to see what's happening. I went through quite a few tests and because this is such an aggressive cancer, it was multiplying quickly. So at first they didn't know what it was, they thought it may be ovarian cancer, and then found out through various different tests that they did that it was Burkitt's lymphoma. I finally found that out when I was in emergency one of the times because I was back and forth to emergency because I had a hard time breathing. I couldn't walk very far. I had to sleep sitting up. I couldn't eat much. It was within a matter of about four weeks this all happened. So it was quite shocking, <laughs> the change from being... And you know this because I know with you, you were feeling very healthy before you developed your cancer. And that was the same with me. Everything was good. I was always healthy for many years. And then all of a sudden, something changed and it just came on like gangbusters. And I just, I couldn't believe it. So anyway, I finally found out what it was. And then it was like, oh, this is great because it's treatable and it's not ovarian cancer. So it's very treatable. We were quite happy about that, but that it was not an easy journey. Yes. And it sounds like a lot of uncertainty because it is so rare. Would that be a fair assumption to say that it was just a lot of uncertainty? I couldn't even make it to my appointments. I was booked in with an oncologist where I live on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. And before I even had a chance to make it to seeing the oncologist here that was more local to me and getting a PET scan, everything just progressed so quickly. So I ended up actually going over to mainland Vancouver British Columbia for my treatments because there was nothing available where I am. So I had to be away from home. That makes it harder to not being able to have your family around or just being in a new place in itself. That can be very stressful. If you don't mind, what kind of treatment did you receive? Was it chemotherapy, radiation? It was chemotherapy that I got, and it was quite a few rounds of the protocol that's for Burkitt's specifically. And then also I had spinal injections of chemotherapy as well. So this was over the four month time span where I was away from home the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I guess one good thing is I am originally from the Vancouver area, British Columbia. So my family is there in that area. So that helped greatly. My main family, not my husband and kids there on the island. So that was big for me to have that support system. And also the hospital where I was treated was actually the hospital where I was born. Oh, wonderful. I'm happy that you were able to have some form of support around because as you know, it makes a huge difference. For sure. Jen, did you experience any latent effects from the treatment that you underwent? Yes, there were some things afterward. 
after the chemotherapy, some of the chemotherapy treatments can cause a bit of nerve damage. And so some sort of numb feeling at the end of a finger, a bit of tingling somewhere, those kinds of things, but those have gone away. And a few months after I was finished treatments, which is wonderful. Yes. And then also more recently, so my white blood cell count it doesn't like being up in the normal range. It's always a little bit lower than normal. And I think that's quite typical of people who have gone through chemotherapy because of what your system's been through. It's not able to quite bring it up to that level again. So that's one of the things that I work on. I have actually found a supplement that helps bring it up into that level. So that's helpful for me to use. Also bad cramps in my feet and lower ankle area and calf. I never had such bad cramps before that would suddenly come on and I'd be grabbing my leg. Everyone I think gets those once in a while, but I was getting them quite often and it was quite painful, especially in my toes. So taking magnesium is super helpful. And I understand that is something that a lot of people who have been through chemotherapy treatments can benefit from. It really smooths out your nervous system. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jen. I can relate to the tingling in the hands and feet. They call that neuropathy. Mine has not gone away. I wish it would have. So I'm happy that you have gotten relief from that because that can be very painful in itself. It can be. What was your experience like navigating the healthcare system in Canada? And were you giving a survivorship care plan? So navigating the health system at first, I was in a state of just survival at the time. So I really wasn't aware of almost what was happening, just trying to survive day to day because everything came on so quickly. But I feel that the doctors really pushed to get the answers for me and help me the best that they could. And I did get into treatment quite quickly because everything did progress quickly. And they got a spot for me in the treatment center in Vancouver, which was very fortunate. Navigating that part wasn't smooth my journey, but I feel that I was well taken care of. As far as survivorship plan, most of it was involved around six-month checkups with the oncologist, which I still have. A lot of those have been remote on the phone and because of COVID as well. So in person sometimes or remote and everything's been good with that. And I do get checked for things like my heart function because of the Mm -hmm. chemotherapy treatments. And I think that will be forever that they'll continue to monitor that. So far, so good. And also, yeah, also, thank you. There's things like I could develop cataracts more easily. I recently got checked at the eye doctor after many years of not going where I usually would go once a year. So that's a message to everybody. Keep up your appointments, your regular appointments. So things like that have been shared with me and I do my best to keep on top of those kinds of things. Wonderful. I'm glad that everything is looking good so far. That makes a big difference going forward. Jen, when I say survivorship care plan, were you given a document that summarized everything you've been through as far as treatment, your type of cancer, but then also different things or health conditions that could develop down the line? Was this put into a document for you or you just talk about those things each time you go to the doctor? Sure. So it was not put in a document for me. It would have been very handy. Okay. Nothing was written down as far as that goes. And yes, it was, well, this is your next thing coming up. And there was nothing beyond that. So that was interesting because knowing how to move forward and not feeling lost is huge when you're trying to recover. Yeah. I think that in some cases, the system can do better for people coming away from their treatments. (laughs) 
I agree. I was asking that question because I found it to be so interesting. Thankfully, I was given a survivorship care plan, a document in 2011. And since then, I've been talking to different people and a majority of the people have not received that. And even today, a lot of people are saying that they haven't received this survivorship care plan. I like to bring it up because it has been a lifesaver for me. And I think that everyone who has had to go through cancer should have this document. And it makes sharing your health history with new doctors and new healthcare systems much easier because they can see your history. But then it also helps you stay on top of, hey, what's going on with my breathing? Okay, let me go get this checked out. It might be in relation to the treatment that I received. So that's why I was asking those questions. I just think it's so interesting how different it is for everyone. It is interesting. And Interesting is a good word for it because I don't really understand why they don't give you enough, what I feel are enough tools when you leave to really take charge of your own health and know what's happening and to feel like you have some power and control in moving forward rather than just sitting back and waiting for, okay, what's next? Yeah, I agree, Jen. That's why we need people like you. And you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jen, what personal traits or strengths help you overcome cancer? When I was going through my cancer treatments, I can be a pretty determined person as far as I can get pretty stubborn about some things. And the goal that I set, there was a little whiteboard beside my hospital bed and I wrote on there, my goal was get my life back. <laughs> and that yes. was what was on the wall. And I kept looking at that because that was really what I was striving for was my life was yanked away so quickly and with no notice and I had no time to really even prepare and it was also devastating and shocking and it was okay I'm going to get back to where I was and I was determined to get there whatever it took. So every day being determined to think about what my goal is and where I'm headed, which is back to where I was health-wise before cancer and better if possible. Also, I'm a pretty optimistic person. So that helps in having that hope that I am going to get through this and get to the other side and be around to live my life to the fullest and be around for my kids who were 15 and 18 at the time. And back with my husband and in our home and able to enjoy life again. I'm so glad that you've gotten, it sounds like a lot of those things back in your life and you're taking what you've been through to help other people and help provide that guidance right after they say, hey, we'll see you in three months. Your treatment's done. That's very scary for a lot of people. It was scary for me because I was so used to being able to talk to my doctor every week or every two weeks and make that connection and get that reassurance that everything was going to be okay. Yes, I was the same because you are monitored so much when you're going through your treatments. It's constant blood work done and checkups and blood pressure, and they're always there to help you. And then for me to get back on a ferry and come back home where it's a good few hours you travel to get back and forth, I was pretty anxious about coming home and that something wouldn't go wrong into the recovery phase of getting my life back to normal and getting my health back on track. So yes, it is a nerve wracking time. Yeah. Jen, you mentioned that you were able to get treatment where you had family around, you had grew up in the area. 
you were birthed at the hospital where you received treatment. Other than that, did you have a good support system to move past your diagnosis and get through the treatments? I definitely did. I was very fortunate to have a strong family connection with the people I'm close to. And my husband was number one where I knew he was taking care of back home. So I didn't have to worry about that. He was coming over once a week to support me, to be there, to take me to some appointments once I was out of the hospital or see me when I was in the hospital, be there for me and just give that support of, okay, we've logged another day is what he said. You've logged another day or one day closer to, he said, it's the first time I've wished that the summer would go fast. (laughs) We just want to get to the end of this part of it. And then another big supporter was my dad was there at first for me and he lives in another province. He came just before I was sent for my treatments to help out. And he was there beside me for the first couple of weeks while I went through my treatments and I was terrified at the time. So that was really helpful for me. I felt really supported. Then other family members, my aunt, she allowed me to stay at her house for several months while I recovered. Nice. And then took care of me to grocery shopping, making meals because I couldn't do a lot of that at the time. It's hard to believe when I think back to it, but I really relied on her. And then my other aunt, I had such support from my family as well as rides from other family members, my brother and his wife driving me to the daycare appointments once I was released and going back and forth for additional treatments. Plus, okay, you need a blood transfusion or we're checking your blood work every three days or two days. It was just constant for four months of these treatments and recovering and then another treatment and recovering. Yeah, It takes its toll. It really does. It's so important to have that kind of support you had. And it's also a blessing when you're able to get that support. While you were talking, it made me think about something. And it's like when you get through those things and you're a year out, two years out, and you look back and you're just like, wow, that was a lot. I can't believe I got through that. At the time, you're so focused on just trying to get through it that you don't realize how monumental it is, what you're going through. (laughs) That was a lot. Most definitely. I realized that after I was finished treatments, I blocked out a lot of the world to be able to focus inwardly. So things like the television being on, I had no interest in watching it at all. Things like that that were different from what I would usually feel. And I felt that I just needed to rest, I guess, not have incoming static. I just needed to get rest, do the best I could at every moment to move in the right direction. I agree. For me, it was like, I just wanted to protect my peace. I'm like, I just can't take on any additional stress or anything. Like you said, you just wanted to focus on getting better. What do you think has helped you thrive after cancer and chemotherapy treatments? I think what's helped me thrive is having the mentality that I can get well again, as well as seek out the help to do that. So not just, again, sit back and wait, but to say, okay, how can I rebuild my health? Who can help me with this? I had a natural path that's wonderful. I still work with her occasionally. And to learn what I can do, how to prevent cancer from coming back. So the things that I do and make sure that I'm exercising regularly and I take certain vitamins and supplements and eat a certain way. 
that is a little different from before and just find out everything that I can do for myself. And that's how I feel that I got through and got to the point of thriving rather than just surviving. And also for the least number of side effects, I guess, from it. I'm not on any medications. So I love that. (laughs) Yes, that's wonderful. Jen, why did you decide to create an online program to help women move forward after they finished their cancer treatment? I guess I've always had a passion for many years on alternative health as far as understanding how food, nutrition, and not just Western medicine, but other forms of holistic types of ways of doing things and using whether it's herbs or homeopathy. I felt that there's a gap between finishing cancer treatments, as we mentioned, and then understanding how to move forward. And I think that people maybe don't even realize that they can do something because when you're told by your doctor that this is what's next, some people will listen to that and just wait for the next step. Whereas I like to take control. I guess that's something that I am a little bit of a control freak and (laughs) I want to, (laughs) admittedly, I like to take charge and feel like I'm in charge of where I'm going rather than just waiting for things to happen to me. So I felt that it was important to share the information with others and women in particular in my age group as to what are the things that you can do to help yourself. I think that's so important, Jen, because you serve as an example that, hey, when you take charge and you empower yourself, you are giving yourself permission to move forward. And that moving forward might look different for each and every person. And that's okay. The point is to regain your life and move forward. Yes. And another thing that I realized after I got home after the cancer treatments was I kept looking at myself as sick still because I was in a place of being weakened. I needed to rebuild my muscle structure. I had lost a lot of weight and I just felt that I wasn't in a place to live my life the way I would want to. And to take charge of that is huge. And to see yourself as well, rather than seeing yourself as not well, is such a big mindset shift, even when you're not in that place yet. And I think that's important because otherwise you're in the victim role rather than being in the thriving role. That's so important is to not get stuck in that victim role because it does hinder you and it can keep you in a dark place also, which is not beneficial at all. That's why I love what you do because you're assisting people and helping them to number one, become empowered, take control and move forward. Anyone who has had to experience cancer has been through so much. So I'm a true believer that once you get through that, it's so important to have that quality of life that you desire. And it sounds like you help people get that. Yes, I do. And I enjoy doing that and helping people because I feel like that's my mission now that I've gotten to this place is helping others. And that's almost a promise I made. Please let me get better and (laughs) I will help others. So I'm fulfilling that. Jen, where can people go to find you to learn more about the programs that you have to offer and the support that you provide? You can connect with me on Facebook. I have a Facebook business site, which is Franklin Wellness Inc., I-N-C, as well as a private Facebook group that can be searched. It's Empowering Women Over 40 After Cancer, as well as on Instagram, which is Life After Cancer with Jen. Wonderful. I will include that information in the listen notes so that people who are listening and are interested can look you up and see what you have to offer and how you can support them. Thank you. Absolutely. 
Finally, Jen, what advice would you give to others going through cancer treatments or after? I think after you've gone through treatments, the biggest message I have is to be your own health advocate. So to know that you're really the person ultimately in charge of your health, no matter what health practitioners you have in your life, you are the one responsible for your health. Just realize that. Don't settle if you feel like you can get to a better place and you haven't looked into everything possible to feel the best that you can feel if you're struggling with something, then to continue to search for that answer and look for assistance and support and guidance, as well as just giving yourself time for healing because it does take its toll. It's very tiring going through those treatments. You're worn out. Your body needs rest. It needs to rebuild. It needs the right nutrients to rebuild. It needs relaxation and stress taken out. Just the belief that you can be well. So having the belief in yourself is a huge piece as well. Thank you, Jen, and such great advice. I really mirror what you just said, especially about believing in yourself and believing that you can be healed and be well. Very important. Jen, before we end, I like to ask my guests two questions and they're not related to cancer or anything like that. They're just kind of fun questions. The first one is, what do people often misunderstand about you? I don't know if there's too much people misunderstand about me because I am fairly open. I think that people think I'm calmer than I am, whereas internally I'm much more wound up about yeah. things. And I tend to have an exterior, it seems to the people who don't know me quite as well, where I seem calm and gathered, but truly I'm fairly more wound up and anxious a lot of the time, which I work on constantly. So that's something that I think people don't realize about me. You definitely appear very calm to me. I would never think that you were wound up. So thank you for sharing that. And finally, Jen, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be and why? I think that where I live now is paradise. So I'm so happy with where I live now and might sound <laughs> cliched, but we moved eight years ago from the Vancouver mainland to Vancouver Island because we wanted the lifestyle of being in the natural environment more. We're surrounded by a huge lake here and a wonderful heritage river, as well as wildlife. So we have cougars in the area sometimes. I think they're always there. We just don't know they're there. Bears, elk, wow. Roosevelt elk everything you can think of, rabbits, birds, and it's paradise here. So I wouldn't choose anywhere else. I'm glad that you found your paradise. That's so important as well. Jen, is there anything else that you would like to add before we end today? No, I appreciate you having me on as a guest today, Talia. I've really enjoyed sharing my journey and hope that it helps others to be able to take charge of their health and know that there is a way forward and to be finding that support that they need in order to be the best that they can be and thrive. Thank you, Jen. I enjoy talking with you. Please keep doing what you're doing. We really need that support after the treatment ends and we enter into the second part of survivorship. And that is learning how to move forward and get on with our lives and get the lives that we want and deserve. We need you, Jen. So thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, follow, and subscribe so that you can listen to my podcast again. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.